0: Hello, and welcome to Literati. I'm your host, Michael Wolf, and I'm joined by your host, Colin O'Brien. We are so excited to have you here today to talk about reading and writing and letters and numbers and sentences, even paragraphs. And today
1: we're going to start... If we have time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We will. So today we're going to start with a brand new game that we call Dictionary Guessing. And it's going to be real fun. So we all love words. So what I'm going to do is flip through the dictionary and find a word and we're just going to say, oh, what does that word say about me? Okay, ready? Tell me when to stop. And Stop. Ah. Alright, the word I'm pointing to
2: is failure. Okay, so like right off the bat, I can, I I see how that applies to you. Definitely. Yeah. Because of well, all your failures. uh, You know, that one that one's pretty easy. Well, I I think they're not like you can't They're not
0: failures. You can't cross a river without stones getting wet. You make a bridge, one... Why don't you do the dictionary? Okay, sure. That's fine. Sometimes
2: uh, a a word is just a word. Okay, sure. Uh, Let's flip through. Tell me when. Stop. Okay, got one. Impotent.
0: So, there you go. Um, Both in... Mentally or... I think uh, every sense of the word... Um, you have told me several times about how you can't get an erection unless you're alone. Yeah, and looking in a mirror. Yeah, yeah, and that's definitely a clinical and psychological issue. And then also, you've never been able to publish a book, and you uh, or fully form an idea. Yeah, told, yeah, yeah.
2: You know, I don't want to do my. You do another one. I don't want to. You know what? I'll do one last it. one. And stop.
0: That's. I don't know this. It says Volvo. Volva. Volva. I don't know what that means. I wish there was something in this book that told you what the words mean.
2: No, it's it's just a list of words. Yeah, we got the
0: abridged dictionary, and yeah, um, that doesn't have any of the on, definitions. We're selling it on
2: Kickstarter, but, and, um, and it just tells you all the words. Yeah, so no meanings though.
0: It's definitely a downside when you get to something like that, Volva, but um, yeah.
2: But you at least know that it is a word, because it wouldn't be in that book if it wasn't a word. Well, uh, note to self,
0: look up a vulva. Great. Now, when you think of
2: books, isn't the first thing you think of always TV? Yes. But when I'm done thinking about TV, the next thing that I think about when I think of books is always movies. Mm -hmm, Of Mm -hmm. course. But after that, you always think of...
0: Made made for TV movies. But Colin, did you know that books also come in paper form? No! Yes, it's true. It sounds like I would hate that. (laughs) Well, guess what, Colin? Most people do. I bet. Well, to get right to the point of it, there are monsters who create these books. And when you think of those types of people, names like Mark Twain and George Orwell and Dr. Seuss all come to mind. But did you know that those aren't their real names? But they're actually pseudonyms. Those people's real names were Samuel
2: Clemens, Eric Blair, and Mr. Seuss. That's shocking. He never finished medical school. Wow. Now what I want to know is, why would these cowardly liars use these fake names? Because they were all too embarrassed about how boring and pictureless their books are? Probably. But you know, they aren't the only ones who hid behind non diplumes.
0: Michael, English, please. They aren't the only ones who hid behind name plums. We're here to pull down the curtain of lies and expose the ugly, true nakedness of these authors against their will and in direct dishonor of their last testaments.
2: But hey, who cares? Because they're dead now. Sylvia Plath, for example, often wrote under the name Jenna Jameson. And you can read her most intellectual book, the posthumous release, How to Make Love Like a Porn Star, a Cautionary Tale. I can't recommend it highly enough. And if you want a real good time, then... Read it in the tub with a glass of wine, and you might have your little own posthumous release. I'm talking about ejaculation.
0: Thank you for clearing that up. <clears throat> oh, yeah. <clears throat> now, Notorious Grump, Charles Bukowski, wrote several books under the name Little Dick Finkler, including such hits as The Smile Brigade, One Thousand Puppies, and the self-help book Attain Ultimate Joy Through Positive Thinking and Hugs. Now, this, of course, was followed by the much less successful book, When Positive Thinking Fails, Try Booze. Now, I assume that he's writing these because he's
2: too ashamed of the good times, and he wants to seem like a bad boy of literature. Well, now that we've all stared at the shriveled genitals of these shameful liars, we should probably admit that Michael and I, we have also used some pen names in the (laughs) past. Uh, Yeah, that's true. Now, for me... I'm known for my dark and sardonic political satires, so when I write zines about skateboard tricks and French kissing, I use the pen name Cool Greg! No one would ever know. And when I'm not
0: writing my manifestos about social justice and equality, I like to write something a little bit more fun. I write sexy monster stories under the pen name Michael Wolf, so nobody will ever know...
2: Oh, shit. The same name as your real name. Yeah,
0: no, I, th- I knew that, but I-, I did this one different. I just
2: Oh, you spell it differently, like Virginia Wolf with two O's instead of one. No, Wolf's the same. You spell Michael differently?
0: Uh, no, Michael's pretty much the same. Um, but I have it in italics.
2: Okay, so, so it's just sort of slantier than, than your name usually looks. Right. Like my manifestos are like
0: very straight and proper. And my, okay. my, my story about Frankenstein's sexy. having sex with bone monsters. Are, yeah. Those it's are more of tilted. Yeah. Tilted. Like it's falling over from the weight of
2: the, okay. That might throw some people. They might, they might not register. They shouldn't a, worry. Right. Yeah. No, I, some people they probably wouldn't put it together. It's like, yeah, it's the same person. I'm running for city councilman next year.
0: I don't think nobody's going to make that connection.
2: No. Great. Yeah,
0: great. Okay, well, I won't think about that again. And uh, why don't we introduce our guest, Colin? I'd love to,
2: yeah. uh, Our reader today is our good friend John Darcy. He'll be reading from his collection of short stories called Skinamax, which, as you all know, is a collection of short stories based on pornographic film titles. These films, John Darcy has never seen just based off the titles of these pornos so because of the graphic nature of this interview
0: we just wanted to quickly let our listeners know that if there are any children present please keep them in the room because they're going to hear about this stuff sooner or later so might as well be from learned minds like our own yeah don't let them leave so without further ado please enjoy john darcy
1: Hi, my name is John Darcy. and I'm going to be reading a few stories today from my collection of short stories entitled Skinamax. As many of you know, I myself have never watched porn, but I have seen the titles and written short stories based off of those titles. In my opinion, a lot of people want more story in the porn that they watch. So I've tried to include that more story. And just to clarify... These are real titles of pornos that I have seen. Not seen as in watched, but I have seen the titles come up, whether it's on my, you know, DirecTV menu or that I've just seen online. Again, I've never watched them, but I truly have seen these titles. They are real. This first one is a short story called Hot for Teacher. Davis was a small man, but his voice was loud and allowed him to command his classes with ease. That's art! You've got art there! I spy with my little eye some art! He would shout these phrases and so many others that were very similar and got across the same point as he glided around the studio with one knee on his roller chair and the other knee as part of the leg that was pushing off the ground like a one-legged skateboarder. In addition to his prowess on the roller chair, Davis was also a pussyhound. He used to say that one of the benefits of teaching a one-week elective course at the college was that he only had to wait a maximum of five days to avoid the school's policy of no student-teacher romantic relationships. A couple times he had slipped and done some finger stuff with the student during a lunch break, but Davis had a loophole ready just in case he ever got caught and called out on one of these breaches. There was nothing romantic about them. In fact, he often went out of his way to make them as unromantic as possible, He would eat terrible-smelling food at lunch that gave him nasty gas. Also, he would often wear a mask during these little rendezvous. That was another loophole. Students couldn't actually say that they had done stuff with Davis for sure. And in his own life, Davis couldn't say that he had done stuff with himself either. That's why he decided to go to India. He was done telling students that whatever they produced was art. Instead, he would go to India and not be a teacher, thus avoiding the possibility of even having students. Before he left, though, Davis decided to settle the score with one student he had carried on with for a particularly long time. He knocked on her dorm room, and as luck would have it, Gina answered. And that was another thing. Davis was very lucky. "'What do you want, to tell me that my bed is art, or to fuck me while you wear the scream mask and then never call me again?' "'I'm sorry that I was such a dog,' Davis said as he raised his hands in front of him like paws and panted with his tongue out. "'Come on in,' Gina replied." The room smelled like weed when Davis entered. Mind if I toke up? He asked before his ass had even touched the futon. Was wondering how long it would take before your little mouth got itchy for the green stuff. Gina flung the bong across the room at him and Davis caught it with ease and began letting the green dragon take him on a trip. Listen, Gina, I'm leaving for a little bit, he started. I heard, she inserted curtly before he could continue. Going to India like Reese Witherspoon and Wild. "'You think you're going to find something over there? Is that it, Davis?' "'I'm thinking I'm going to find some foreign pussy,' he said as he inhaled the last of the weed and smashed the bong against Gina's modular furniture. "'You should have given me this weed when I asked you for it weeks ago, Gina. After all, I bought it.' And with that, Davis threw Gina's coat over his shoulder and started walking towards the door. "'Davis, you asshole, get back here and clean this up, you little piece of shit!' It was the word little that stopped him in his tracks." but it was his bloodlust that turned his head around to face Gina. No thanks, he said with a steely grin, and with that, he lit a match and flicked it at the shattered bong juice, igniting Gina and the whole dorm room in a blaze. By the time he was falling asleep in first class later that night, he had already forgotten the sounds of Gina's screams. Yeah, he had a feeling he was going to like India just fine. The end. This is from a short story called Your Pizza's Ready. I think we should have a memorial for Martin Luther King Jr. in the front of the shop, Keith said with an edge. I agree, Jim chimed in. And so do I, Susan added with resignation. Keith, if you're looking for a fight, you're not going to find one tonight. It was the pizza shop's weekly staff meeting, and as usual, Keith was looking for a cause to take up and stir the pot with. I'm not looking for a fight, Keith shot back at Susan. I'm just looking to do what's right here and honor one of our country's heroes. Well, we're all with you on that, Susan sighed. Well, good, Keith continued. Because I think the memorial should pay tribute to how MLK was an athlete. MLK Jr., Jim corrected. Right, MLK Jr., Keith went on. I think we should pay tribute to how MLK Jr. was an athlete. Was he? asked Susan. She had taken the bait. Yeah, as a matter of fact, he was, Keith started with his normal tone of indignation. He was just like you or me, trying to let loose and get in shape with sports from time to time. Is that so hard to believe, Sue? No, it's not, Keith. It's just that I'm not sure sports are the side of MLK we should be pushing here. MLK Jr., Jim corrected. Right. MLK Jr., Sue amended. Oh, I bet you would love it if we were like everyone else and put up the photo of MLK Jr. and Father Ted Hesberg forming human chain at a civil rights march, huh? Well, guess what? MLK Jr. wasn't like everyone else. He was a one-of-a-kind, a a Malcolm Gladwell-type outlier. And I think we could best serve his memory by showing a different side of him. Susan wasn't in the mood to fight. She had found another rat in her toilet that morning, and had spent most of her time at home screaming and crying, thinking about the possibility that the fortune teller was right about how she was bound to become the rat queen. Add to that an afternoon of delivering pizzas and fucking customers, and she was pretty spent. So she decided to just give in. "'Fine, Keith, I think you're right. Let's show how MLK Jr. was an athlete. What did he play?' "'Dodgeball,' Keith shot back. "'Dodgeball?' Susan asked with suspicion. "'Really?' "'Yes, really, Sue.' He was especially good at catching balls, which, as you very well know, gets someone on the other team out and also lets one of your own team's eliminated players re-enter the game. That's why it's the most valuable position. Sounds good, Susan said. She was ready to move on to discussion of the shop's annual community play. So what do you propose this memorial looks like? Well, Keith started. He clearly hadn't thought this far ahead. I think it should be a statue of MLK catching a dodgeball. M.O.K. Jr., Jim corrected. Right. M.O.K. Jr., Keith said, careful not to sound offensive. Okay, Susan replied. And will he be wearing his classic suit or something more athletic? One of his suits, Keith said proudly. Will he be catching the ball with his hands or against his body? Against his body. His stomach. The best players do that because there's less chance of not being able to control a fast one that way. Great. So, to summarize, we've decided to build a memorial statue of MLK Jr. wearing a suit and catching a dodgeball in the front of the shop, Susan recapped. And his face should look tired, like the ball is knocking the wind out of him, Keith added. Fine, said Sue. Are we all in agreement? Agreed, Keith and Jim said together. Great. Moving on, Susan continued. i like our play for this year to be a recapping of all nine seasons of USA's Monk. Jim was the first to respond. Again? The end.
2: We are uh, sitting here with John Darcy, wow. author of the short story, uh, collection of short stories, Skinamax. <laughs> yeah, that was a, uh, I just want to say, like, wow. uh, I'm can you, gonna you open a window? Let's unbutton at- my shirt a <laughs> little yeah. bit. Uh, thank you. Wow. I'm
0: very aroused. Yeah. And okay. I'm very sexually turned on. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. I got to say, no, thank you. Yeah. This thank is you. the, I, I feel like um, I've been awoken. There's a part of me that was sleeping dormant. And after hearing these stories, gosh, it's like the Kraken is up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I am. Well, wow. I,
1: ideally what I'm shooting for with all of these stories is for people to both be awoken sexually mm. and also just in their imaginations. I think um, if Spotlight has taught us anything this year, it's that people love a good story. Mm. And that's always sort of what I'm aim for with my stories is, you know, a good story, not yeah. just the sex stuff. Yeah. But that's some of great. that in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> we're can't leave it out entirely no, no. you got to give the people
0: what they want yeah. um now i just do want to say that we're trying not to date the podcast so if you could refer from any other topical references <laughs> we, we just want people to be able to listen to this as its own yeah. pure thing i don't right. want them to be thinking oh this was the year that mark ruffalo hunched his shoulders up and that was a great acting choice for him <laughs> you know so just that's we're going to cut this out thank yeah. you great um but just kind of just okay great yeah. we got it we're on the same page
2: um so sorry i just need to get back i feel like there was a lot of negative energy and i just sort of want to yeah, take a, a second bad. and it's sort uh, of a, it's not about you
0: it's sort of just
2: yeah, it's also michael's uh little, it's a little power play he likes to right off the bat scold the guest for something small and then it just he's in the power position now
0: and colin his mm-hmm. power play is to tell the guest what my move is yeah, and that sort of undercuts me yeah so just gonna take
1: me one second so now,
2: so now the hierarchy is me michael you but you can always get it back. You and know, the engineer uh, yeah. is like way mm-hmm. down the line. Don't yeah. worry, guys.
1: It. I have uh, lots of stories. Power play plays a large part in a lot of my stories. Because, oh, wow. um, you know, a lot of times we have people with higher status dealing with lower status. Whether it's, you know, a doctor uh, examining a patient or a professor and a student. Mm. It's very rare that... Can I get uh, three more examples? Yeah. Well, you know, we have a, a customer... And a pizza delivery person. Sure. We have a window washer and a skyscraper, and someone who works in a business in that skyscraper who's about to meet Japanese clients. Um, we also have some other classic ones. Um, oh, well, I guess it's almost an equal here. We have two fiances, but really the crux of that story fuck my fiancé is a man and the waitstaff at a restaurant.
2: Okay, so oh, I okay, get yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, so
1: it's, f- f-
0: it's fiancé-fiancé versus staff. Yes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, um, I'm just going to quickly get my ma- say my mantra and just get my power back. You are a strong big boy. You are a strong big boy, and your feet are firm on the ground. You will conquer everything. You will destroy worlds. You will crush those who oppose you. Yes, Michael Wolf, you are the master of your domain. You are the creator of the universe. The energy flows into you, and it flows through you. It flows out of you in your many punches and your many kicks. You will destroy all of your enemies. So thank you so much, John. Uh, we're just so excited to just sort of get into this kind of unique section of literature.
2: You yeah. know? You're doing something. Not a lot of people are doing. Yeah, it's, it's sort of, uh, you know, blending, uh, erotica with, you know, classic, uh, you know, uh, fiction storytelling where it's, uh, it's, yes. yeah, where there's a little bit of the eroticism and the sexuality, but it's really not the focus. Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah.
1: I like to think of it as light erotica, but mm. but more so fiction, like you pointed out. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so now you, these stories in this, this compilation, uh, Skinamax mm-hmm. that you've written, uh, they are, they're stories based off of titles of pornographic films that you've never actually seen the film, but you have seen the titles of. And then yes. you've written these stories based around those titles that
1: you've read. That's correct. Mm-hmm. I've seen these titles, but I haven't watched the pornos themselves. Yeah. Both because I don't want to taint my own imagination and you know be beholden to a story I've already read. Yeah. And also, I, I just don't much care for them. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Who needs them? Yeah. There,
1: there's almost no story in most of these porns yeah. that you want to watch.
2: Pornographic films uh, must be just torture for an author to watch you're like where's the story
1: they're awful yeah. the dialogue is stilted famously yeah. and yeah. almost nothing happens the characters don't change uh we don't see anything there's no arc there's no growth yes. although I well, would there's say a little there bit of is, growth but yes. uh, not, not the kind we're we're <laughs> yes. looking for as authors, right. yeah.
0: also another very funny thing is that there is a climax
1: yes <laughs> yeah but uh that is true. not exactly is true. the yeah, one yeah, we're yeah. looking no for. no Uh, No, the climax that I'm looking for, right, is is a professor potentially, you know, burning an ex-lover in her dorm room. Yeah. What do you mean? Burning? Burning. Uh, uh, Flicking a cigarette into a a bunch of bong juice and igniting a former lover in flames. Yeah. I love the visceral
0: nature of your writing. Thank you. God. Um, I have a question. um, How can I make better sex.
1: Can you tell me how to be a better uh lover? Mhm. Simple tip. Make a story there. Okay. The sex shouldn't just be a little action. It should be part of a larger story. What yes. were you doing during the day? Um is it wife, girlfriend for you? None of the above. Okay, a uh, woman. What has this woman been doing? Where does the sex fit into the larger picture of the day of you as a character? So you're kind of saying that uh,
2: for better sex, it can't just be the physical actions. You've got to sort of spark the imagination, get the story, get the mind in on it. That's exactly right. Wow. So like
0: pretending that this unnamed woman is a hobbit? Sure. And I'm... The Eye of Sauron?
1: Yes, that's great.
0: Interesting. And who would you And that, that would
1: turn you on? And who would be you Schmeagle? Who Schmeagle could be a, a friend.
0: Maybe the ring is the condom, and when I put it on, my dick
1: disappears. Yes, it disappears into her, her pussy. So, um, who would you say are your literary influences? Well, definitely John Steinbeck, uh, first and foremost. Uh, I could tell. Yes. <laughs> Uh, You know, he really addresses the human condition in a lot of his stories. East of Eden is truly a masterpiece um, that really gets at the heart of, I think, a lot of the issues that humans go through. And that's sort of what I try to do in some of my stories, is just get these very relatable subjects and topics and, you know, jump into why people are doing what they're doing. uh, These normal lives. And also, uh, you know, Sue Grafton is definitely another one for me to have sort of that air of mystery always present in the story Mm -hmm. not knowing where it's going to go next a is for all her books i've read them wow (laughs) good Mm -hmm. we'll have to talk about this later
0: yeah off mic yes Um, because we're actually sponsored by her rival oh um who's her brother mark graftman and he writes number books two is for too many times i've been drunk uh, three is for three ladies I fucked. Mm-hmm. These are just some of his more popular books, yes. and he hates her, and he sponsors us.
1: Wow, um, that's tough. I've had a hard time reading his books; they're very sloppily written, I think, and they are like very negative. Books. Yes, they're very negative, almost as if it were thrown
0: together in a fit
1: of anger. Right, and they're very short too. Yeah,
0: it's a it's more of a pamphlet than a book. Yes. Now I have a question: Would have you ever considered writing screenplays? Because a lot of these. Uh, short stories, as you read them, I could really imagine seeing them.
1: Yeah, you know, I I have thought about it. And actually, at one point, a few years back, I was in talks with uh, some people in Hollywood about getting something going. But the thing is, is that it's so hard to retain creative control of these stories, mm. that it just feels like as soon as I let it out of my hands, it will just become a porno, like it was to begin with. Right. It's always trying to return back to that. (laughs) Which, if it's
2: classic Hollywood, just like remaking old, you know, old garbage, you know, it's like, there's no new ideas in Hollywood. So they just want to remake these
1: old pornos. Exactly. And now that they have that whole law in California that the porn stars have to be wearing a condom, Mm -hmm. you know, they're looking for other gimmicks, which in some cases are a very good story. Yeah. It's, It's a pretty good gimmick story. Right. Yeah. Do you wear condoms? Hmm? Do you wear condoms? Yeah. Interesting. Who doesn't?
0: Um. I wear female condoms. Oh. You wear dental dams? Uh, dental dam is, a, I think, different than a. Is it the same thing? I think it's different. I think there's a female condom and a dental dam. Dental dam is just for eating out the pussy. And I think a female condom is like goes deep up in there. It's like a big contact lens. Honestly, I don't know. Because when I wear it, I wear it like a yarmulke because on your head it, it it works my belief and it's my belief so you can't criticize it is that contraception works as long as it's on you somewhere mm-hmm. and that's just what i believe
1: okay you also
2: you sometimes wear the female condoms uh you put them up inside your ass for when uh, someone is trying to pleasure a prostate
1: yeah because yeah.
0: mm. i just don't want to take any risks yeah
1: you also don't want to get an ass baby I would hate that. I have so many kids as it is. But yeah, you
2: have uh, the man in your basement that you made. Yes, there's the man I made. Wow. And he's a handful as it is, you know? Yeah. so I don't need a, another one yeah. of him. You, you weren't wearing a condom when you made that man. The yeah. one that lives in your basement. And I'll never
1: forget it. Yeah. What What is that man's name, if you don't mind me asking?
2: Well, I
0: named him uh, Charles. Mm. Uh, he renamed himself Gorbathor. Oh, no. Yeah, he's mad all the time. He you, try,
2: you try to compromise, like, what if Gorbathor was your middle name?
0: Yeah, Charles Shur- Gorbathor Wolf. Mm-hmm. And he says, Lord," <laughs> um, Sounds- And it's, it's just like, uh, hey, buddy, you're not going to trade school acting like that. He wants yeah. to be a plumber.
1: It's almost always a bad idea when you let children name themselves. Mm-hmm. The same thing happened with Peekaboo Street. Yeah. And look at her now what's she doing right she's you know falling down a hill for a living (laughs) do you have any children john darcy i don't
0: do you have a wife or a girlfriend or a husband
1: yes i have a girlfriend okay long time
0: Uh, it's kind of funny you're blushing a lot
1: (laughs) (laughs) is there a story here um well there there sort of is uh we met actually at one of my readings oh she's a fan yes oh wow yes and i always feel a little embarrassed admitting that right that you fuck a fan yes Uh that's one way to put it yeah um yeah you know i'd love to have a story you know like a jaw rule or a dmx where i was with the girl i was with in high school who was with me before my fame and money but uh, I don't have that story. I was semi-famous when I met Janine.
2: Mm. Right.
1: Have you ever uh, tried
2: going back to some high school reunions and trying to get back with some old uh, high school sweethearts?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I've certainly gone back. I've gone back to yeah. all of the high school reunions,
2: but they don't like. They didn't like who you were, and they don't like who you've become. Yeah, it's yeah. too
1: hard for them to see the new me, uh, and the parts that they do see. Honestly, most people think I write porn. Which is just a clear misunderstanding. (sighs) Yeah.
0: What is wrong with these narrow-minded people? Right. It's more than that. Yes. It's a short story you can jerk off to if you
1: want. Thank you.
2: Yeah, in all fairness, though, you could jerk off to anything.
1: Yeah, Is everything a porno now? Oh, yeah.
2: Colin, this was actually one of Colin's first unpublished books, was uh,
0: titled almost something exactly like that. Wow. Yeah, yeah, you can jerk off to anything.
2: Yeah, you yeah. know that book. it was it was a how
1: to right. I think yeah. I've seen that in an Urban Outfitters.
2: Yeah, yeah, coffee table book. Yeah. You know yeah. that it's Abby Hoffman book?
1: Books steal this book. Yes, uh, they wanted
0: the publishers wanted to write jerk off to this book on it, and Colin said, "Well, you don't have to.
2: <laughs> you can jerk off to anything you want. Yeah, don't let the man tell you what you have to jerk off to. No, it can be it can really be anything.
0: I go to museums and I jerk off to the Grecian urns. Ooh, because I like something that can can my seed
1: okay and there's some you know swirlings of death in the air what do you mean the little death yeah yeah what do you mean uh wait what do you mean the urns holding the ashes of bodies of years past
0: oh yeah yeah the actual dead bodies no yeah yeah makes sense um especially after the stuff lands in the urn the ashes poof up into the air like a little cloud Mm -hmm. and i always think huh I hope that dead
2: guy's happy. You like to think that you brought him a little little, uh, little joy from, uh, from beyond the grave. Yeah. yeah. Help them
1: finish their business.
0: You know, yeah. I hope they're getting their kicks while they're still dead enough to get them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like I always say, um, you know how people say that he'd be rolling in his grave? Hmm. Well, I like to say uh, he'd be getting his kicks in his grave. Just imagining somebody six feet under. <laughs>
0: Doing the dirty, right? <laughs> and by him, um, we mean Richard Nixon. Um, how and how? What do you want to happen to your body when you're dead?
1: I would like my body to be buried, and I'd like it to be buried not in any sort of box mm. or coffin. I'd like to be buried straight in the ground. Sure, in a place that. Potentially, I could be discovered by like wh- a playground. Yeah, um ideally it would be by wayward teens. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, like train tracks. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Yes, somewhere like that, that okay. some teens could discover my body and use it as inspiration. Oh wow! I'd like to be
2: buried. You know, sort of when people uh, at the beach, you'll bury someone under the sand and maybe make breasts and stuff. I'd like oh, yeah. that at the graveyard, though, with like my head. Above mm. the ground, mm. and then make little, like, uh, little breasts for me. Uh, That's fun. Just my head can just rot above the ground for all to see. Right. It's yeah. like they say you can, that, you can finally have the body you've always wanted. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's what say the things we can't do in life, we try to do in death.
0: Yeah, exactly. I'd like to have six or 700 balloons tied to my corpse mm. and just be carried away on a summer breeze. Thank you so much, Mr. Darcy, for sharing your stories with us. Um, I know I learned a lot, and I can't wait to go home and uh, really just give it to my wife, Roto-style. Um, this time, I'm the Ring Raider, baby. Um, and we just wanted to see if you wanted to leave the audience with words of wisdom or a favorite quote or mantra or any any final words.
1: Absolutely. Two favorite quotes of mine, one from someone else and one from myself, I'll leave everyone with. The first being from Hans Christian Andersen. Very simple. Be kind. Yeah. And the second uh, is my own quote, which is just, there's a story there. That's beautiful. Don't forget, there's always a story there. Oh, we, oh you, weren't, the you weren't thing? done the Sorry. quote. Sorry. Oh. Just let him finish his quote. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So... Yeah, This one is again from me. There's a story there. Don't forget. Okay. Oh, sorry. A, thank you. I, I oh, didn't. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. We'll let you one finish. Yeah, you can yeah. finish your quote. This is a favorite quote of mine. Long pause. There's a story there. Don't thank forget. So i
2: so sorry. So sorry. You know what?
1: Maybe if you guys have a website, we can put it up okay.
0: there. Yeah, Check the details of the podcast, wherever you're listening to this, Instagram or Snapchat or whatever. Just check in the description and it will have the full quote. Great. When the
1: full quote is... There's a story there. Don't forget. There's always a story there. Well, thank you, you can so never- much. <laughs> I'm sorry. so sorry. Right. We sorry we'll just put it on the website no, we'll Yeah, I'm, we're it. so sorry Very close uh, thank time. you so much yeah
2: thank you so much for coming thank uh, you for having uh, me. Mr. John Darcy uh, Skinamax look for it, for it on your bookshelves uh, at the bookstore near you Grant.
0: thanks so much for having me guys thank you I'm gonna go to the bathroom real quick don't come in for like 10 or 15 minutes okay <laughs>
2: Well, if you're not soaking wet, then you got to go see a doctor. And if you are soaking wet, you also might need to see a doctor. I guess it would depend on why you're soaking wet.
0: Yeah, definitely don't touch electronics. Yeah, for at least stay away from the
2: toaster. Stay away from uh, outlets. Yeah, and um, just remember what
0: we learned—that there's more to a story than just humping—and carry that with you throughout your life. Yeah. So.
2: From On behalf of myself, Colin O'Brien, and myself, Michael Wolf. Uh, we want to thank you for listening to Literati. And as always, don't forget to read. Forever
0: Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Brett Boehm. For more podcasts, please visit foreverdogproductions.com.